Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate and review, and pass it on to your friends. Thanks. All right, welcome to the Stuff Up podcast, where we delve into different topics to learn more about ourselves and more about others. I am joined today by Klizver Alvarez, mindset coach and owner of Blue Grays in Tennessee. And you are a mental health champion. Thank you. Which is an amazing talk. Like that's an amazing thing to be called, right? A mental health champion. <laughs> that's like the highest of honors. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. I mean, thank you so much for having me. First of all, I am such a pleasure to be here. It's an honor to be called that. I think is just also an honor. I mean, I was diagnosed at the age of 16 and, and with bipolar disorder. And ever since I got diagnosed, I think that being growing up with an illness, you know, mental health, one thing in general, I think that just growing up and and, and being stigmatized, being judged and growing up and, and facing such stigmas as mental health, and then to, to now be called a mental health champion, it, it's huge. So... For sure. So you have bipolar disorder. Now, can you tell your story of how you found out that you were bipolar and how that all, I mean, that's an incredible story that you have. Yes, of course. The first time I was actually diagnosed, I actually felt like I had an asthma attack. I suffer from asthma as well. And I remember my mom telling me, okay, she worked at a factory. And we shared a room because I'm the youngest of five. So we lived in Passaic, New Jersey. And we were in an apartment. And I remember we shared a room. So she had to work the next day. And I remember I couldn't sleep. So I had insomnia. And I just felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt like my chest was tight and I couldn't breathe. And this was actually a panic attack manifesting. But I didn't I didn't know what it was at the time. So I just felt like I couldn't breathe and I was just anxious. So I was tossing and turning and it was just this feeling. I, it was a lot. So I remember I woke up in the middle of the night and tossing and turning and I, I just couldn't sleep. So I'm like, okay, something's up. I ended up getting up and walking about a mile or so in the middle of the night to a hospital by myself. I was 16 at this time. Wow. So I walked to the hospital and when I got there, they treated me for asthma. They gave me a medication called prednisone. The side effects of this medication is one of the side effects is psychosis. So I don't know if the medication actually caused the psychosis or if it was actually something that was already going to happen from the actual bipolar disorder. I'm actually schizoaffective. So I actually got psychotic and eventually my mom got to the hospital. I got home or whatever, but when she got to know of this, she's, she's like, okay, we have to take you to a doctor. And she got frantic and someone recommended a psychiatrist to her. She took me and eventually they gave her the diagnosis. When I got the diagnosis, it was gut-wrenching, you know, it was just, you know, I'm 16, I'm going through high school, 
I'm going through puberty. I'm going through all these emotional changes. I'm going through all these other things going on. And so she decided to put me on medication right away. She was desperate. You know, she was like, what's going on with my daughter? She doesn't, she's not the same person she used to be. You know, she's not sleeping. She's not eating well. I was very irritable. I was aggressive. At this point, there was also a point where the way I remember it, I was with her in the house and with other people. Now, the way they told me this, I was actually alone in my house, in a building, in in this building, and I was suicidal. I was suicidal and I was actually telling someone that I wanted to go on the roof and jump off a roof. And the reason I remember people there was because I actually thankfully called someone because I was at one point alone. That was good of you to like realize I need to call someone. <laughs> yes. And, and you know, it was because I was actually, I was delirious. I was psychotic. I was, I was in a state of mind that I was not myself. I was not really a hundred percent there. And how it happened was I actually called my boyfriend up at the time and I told him, I'm like, okay, I want to jump off the roof. And he was like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> he went and called my best friend, my best friend. They got there. They called my mom and they got me to the hospital. But, you know, I am thankful for that because like I said, you know, if it weren't for them, I would not probably be here today. And it got to the point where my mom was desperate. You know, my mom was desperate. So her only choice was, she said, okay, we have to do something. So she put me on medication. And of course, medication helped me. It helped me a lot. And, but there were side effects. There were side effects. There were a lot of things that I think they helped, but they also, they were hindrances. So it was, yeah, it was a lot of good and bad. Was it lithium that you were put on? That was the first medication I was put on. Yeah. Okay. Because I've heard... I've heard that that's the one that they they put a lot of people with bipolar disorder on, but it it has this effect of making you feel very not yourself, right? Or you're very blah. What does it feel like? To be honest, the word I can use to describe how I felt was numb. I was numb. I was out of it. I was, I felt like I was coasting, like I was just coasting through life. Yes, it did regulate me and it did balance me out but I was also not a hundred percent there I got to the point where things I would like to do normally regularly I was not enjoying I, I was not my full self and people noticed that you know I remember they would talk to me and I was just I felt like I was just in another world like I was just not present I would just like blah like talk to them. And I was just, I was there, but I was not there, there. I was gaining weight. And what it does, it brings you down because for me, I think the bipolar disorder is more manic than depressed, which is more of the highs, the euphoria. And what it did to me, it was, it brought me down the, the regular state and it just, I guess it didn't, I wasn't used to it. I wasn't used to feeling so low. Right. For me, it didn't feel normal because I was so used to being so happy and so euphoric and so 
high and upbeat all the time. Right. Now I had a question because I've had this discussion with somebody before. My understanding is in the olden days, bipolar disorder was called manic depression. And then somebody said, no, manic depression is different than bipolar. Do you happen to know? (laughs) Is it the same thing or is it different? It depends. I think it varies in the person because I think that some people get hypomania. Some people get more of the more manic depression. It, it varies a lot on the person. Some people get the schizoaffective side, like where they're, like they're hearing voices, seeing things. And so I think it, it just varies on the person. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And in my opinion, I think that it just it varies a lot on the person. We're all different and our brain chemistry is very different. Everybody else. So, and it is a chemical imbalance. Right. That must have been like a lot of people when they find out they have bipolar disorder, it's in their teens and 20s. Is that correct? Mostly it is in the teens and 20s and, and that's what people say, but it can be found earlier or a lot of people nowadays are just they're finding it later so it is common now. It's more common for people to find it later in life just because uh, a lot of people are going misdiagnosed. They're going either misdiagnosed or undiagnosed. Like they're just not going and getting the help that they need. That does happen a lot too. Wow. As a teenager, it's already, <laughs> you're already, like you said, you're already dealing with being a teenager, hormones, everything. And then on top of that, you find out that you have this mental health issue. And so, I mean, how did you even kind of cope or work through that? To be honest, it was hard. It was very hard going through that because when I was on medication, I started to gain a lot of weight. Uh, I started to get acne. And, and, you know, I think that that was also the hormones of just being a teenager as well. But, you know, when people see all these changes going on, also rapidly because I started to gain weight in about a year and I was also homeschooled at one point and you know I missed out on a lot of things when I went back to school they told me I was in my junior year and they told me okay you have to do two more years of school now because you missed so much yeah that messed me up too because I was like okay I don't want to do two more years of high school so I would have dropped out of school and I got my GD 10 days before my actual high school graduation, which I, I felt like I made it in time, but it wasn't the same there. I graduate with my fellow students. It just didn't feel like the same thing. So it did feel like I missed out on a lot of things and it was hard. It was very hard for me. But I think that one of the things that really helped me cope was one thing that someone told me back then was write journal and that for me not only helped me back then but it helped me now because thanks to that I became a writer and I also I'm doing the type of work that I do now and because for me writing not only became a hobby it became a release it became a release to let go of the pain that I was feeling and to vent out all the emotions and all the the extra negative energies and things that I had going on. Isn't that amazing? And 
your publicist is actually Tracy Lamore, who she came on my podcast and we were talking about how the times that we've gone through in our lives, in our lives, <laughs> have kind of propelled us or brought us to a place where you're working towards what you're passionate about or what you want to do. And you can see how those different things have helped you. So like you said, with with the writing, like now you write articles for magazines and you have a blog and you do all these things and that has helped you to in on your path, right? Yes. I mean, I think that at the time I saw my illness, I saw it as as my kryptonite, as my my weakness. And I didn't see it as something that was gonna help me and like you said, propel me into my future. And I, I remember crying about like, oh, you know, and, and, and seeing myself as a victim or seeing myself as something that that was hurting me. But I turned it into my biggest virtue. Right. And that's an amazing accomplishment because a lot of times all these things that we think are like our struggles or things that we think are our weaknesses, actually, we can turn it around and use it for good, use it to help others, use it for a career, right? And I think that that's, that's an exciting thing because I used to be so stuck in all my weaknesses and now I've been able to kind of turn around and share with people and it attracts people to you because they, they're like, oh, I struggle with this. I love that you're open about this. And so it's really cool, right? <laughs> yeah, like our imperfections are like our, our beauty, our, what makes us unique. Yes. Definitely. Now you got married and you, you were pregnant and that must've been really tricky when you're on medication and you're pregnant and you're dealing with all this extra stuff. Like, how did you deal with that? Like, did you have to go off the medication when pregnant? Actually, when my first pregnancy, I actually had to completely go off medication during the pregnancy and after giving birth, I ended up getting sick. I got sick and I had a really big, huge choice to make because I didn't want to go back on the medication because I wanted to breastfeed. Now, this decision was actually huge because I couldn't be a mom. It was my sanity, basically, and breastfeeding, or it was me choosing to breastfeed but not being healthy to take care of my child or me taking my medication and actually being able to be take care of my child. So of course I chose, you know, motherhood and bottle feeding, formula feeding. Now the second pregnancy, I was a little bit different. For most of the pregnancy, I was not able to take the medication. However, at the end of the pregnancy, there was something that happened. I ended up getting sick. And I was feeling anxious. I went to the hospital and I took my son with me by my, we went by ourselves and I ended up there. They saw that I was not okay. And they were calling my husband and I guess like his signal was not working. So he didn't pick up the call. And because we live in Tennessee by ourselves, we don't have any family close by. They cannot find anyone to take care of my son. So DCS, Child Protective they got involved and they took my son into custody for two days. Thankfully, my husband fought for his rights and we got my son back. But it was something that big of an ordeal. 
when I was actually put on medication at the end of my pregnancy. And I was put on Lutruda, one of the medications that were new and uncommon at the time. And at that point, so like at the end of my pregnancy, I was able to go on medication and my child was okay. It was, I felt like I was using one child over the other. So it was very, it was very difficult. For sure. Not only giving birth to a child and having two children or just even one child. So being a mother plus dealing with all this other stuff, that must have been just so difficult. How did you cope through all that? <laughs> and she definitely was very supportive. And I had a lot of friends here and stuff that were very supportive. But yeah, it was hard. And then also when I gave birth, they also having a newborn. That was also hard. Wow. Now, you're a mindset coach. Do you help other people who are bipolar, like deal, navigate through life? How do you help others in your business? Well, I help them live and, and deal with their mental health, like basically just the same way I navigated through my mental health illness. Basically, I have a 12-step program and I help them with their confidence, with their advocating for themselves and just basically working through their mental health in general. So I have different steps and different goals to work on. So, and it's individualized, personalized. So, cause everybody, I think everybody's needs are different. So. That's actually so incredible because a lot of times we just, we want this simple way of doing things or very general, like, well, this is for everybody. Yeah. And it might not work for some people, right? So the way that you do that, I think that's amazing. Yeah. So I have a 30-minute discovery session where I get down and kind of just break down what it is that the person needs, that their needs are. And it's not cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. So you also work at reducing the stigma of bipolar. What are a lot of the stigmas that, or the ideas that people have about bipolar? Oh, the there's so many, not just love bipolar, but there's so many, you know, I think that in general, I think one of them, I mean, me and like in the, in my, my community, like uh, I'm Hispanic. So one of these is we can't cry if we show emotion because it's a sign of weakness or we can't hold up a job or in another sense too, like if we look, if we ask for help, it's something that we shouldn't do because it's also a sign of weakness or it's taboo. And those are all things that is, they're all stigmas. Are people afraid of kind of, cause I know when I dated a guy who was bipolar and I actually had this fear, although he wasn't really healthy. So it was just a big mess, but do you find people might be afraid of getting a relationship or being friends or anything with people who do have bipolar? Yes, definitely. I think that once you hear the term bipolar, you automatically, a lot of people jump to, oh, you're crazy or you're demented or I don't want to talk to you because so-and-so-and-so. And I think that even the term crazy is just, if you look up the term, it's something that's very inhumane. Yeah. You know, I think it's very harsh. I think it's a term we should probably stop using, but I have such a hard time because if I don't know what to say, I'm like, oh, that's crazy or I'm crazy. And then I'm thinking, man, I should actually stop using that because it can be really hurtful for a lot of people, right? 
Yes, definitely. Yes. I think in the day and age that we live in now, people are more aware. But then you have your other people who are like, you're too sensitive and why we just say what we want to say. But I get it because I think it's important to understand that things are hard for people and there's triggers or there's trauma or whatever that you're going through. And it's hurtful for people to use certain terms. And I I see that as a good thing that we're more aware of it. I don't see that as like, what's a bad thing? <laughs> yes. So if um, do you do like Zoom with people across the country or across the world? Or are you mostly situated in Tennessee where your clients are? I'm actually international. Like I can do Zoom via anywhere. So, you know, oh, that's now awesome. Yes, I can do Zoom every, anywhere. Now that, every, you know, with COVID and everything, I have just international pretty much. So. Right. Isn't that amazing? Like before it was, if you were a life coach or mindset coach or anything, it was just in the area you lived. And now you could have people all over the world. Yeah. That was one of the good things that came out of this COVID situation. Yes. Isn't it so cool? I mean, I've been talking to people mostly in the U.S., I have a friend in Africa and she has a podcast and we've been chatting too. And it's just so awesome to talk to people all over the world, right? Yeah, definitely. I think that that's definitely, I mean, even though this pandemic did a lot of bad things, I think that it did some technological advances. Yes. Well, even Zoom, I remember at first it was kind of like there was a lot of more issues. And then as everyone was using Zoom, I think the owner, the creators of Zoom had to kind of figure out how are we going to make this better for everybody? <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. But I think thankfully they have worked on it. Yeah. Are you working on anything right now? Like any new articles or you're probably doing different podcasts? And I'm actually doing some in-person speeches, doing motivational speaking. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you like getting in front of people and speaking or do you find it terrifying? I love it. No, I love it. I love it. I'm a talker. So I'm a ch- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk for hours. So That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> How were you when you were a kid? Did you like public speaking when you were a kid? I did actually. Yeah. So I was pretty talkative. And my son's like that too. So <laughs> I get where he gets it from. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That is so cool. So if people want to reach you, work with you, how can they get in contact with you? They can go to bluegrazelifestyle.com. That's blue like the color, G-R-E-I-S, lifestyle.com. Uh, you can also reach me at my social media page. It's Clisper, C-L-I-S-V-E-R. And also Facebook, Clisper Alvarez, C-L-I-S-V-E-R, Alvarez, A-L-V-A-R-E-Z, or just Google. I'll put the information in the show notes as well. <laughs> it's easier that way. Do you find you probably have to spell out your name a lot, right? Yes, that's why I got used to it. Yeah, my name is very complicated. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's so cool. Your name is so cool, Clisper. But yeah, I can imagine people are like, wait, what? Can you say that again? How do you spell that? <laughs> yes, I've gotten used to spelling it pretty quickly because, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Is there anything else that you want to say before we close? Well, I think that just if you think you're thinking about going and getting help in, you know, talking to a doctor or psychiatrist, a counselor or someone, I think that 
if you're thinking about it, don't overthink it. I think that it's important to get help. And it's no question. I think that it's just do it. There's nothing to be scared of. There's nothing to be shy of. It's no big deal. And no one's going to make fun of you. It's no big deal. It's no, there's no taboo behind it. I think that, like I said, there's nothing to be afraid of. It's okay. So, right. And it's better to go. Like if you have, I know I've been for certain issues, right? You're like, oh, I I don't want to go to the doctor. I don't want to waste his time. And then you realize later on, oh, I should have gone to the doctor. So it's the same kind of thing. If you just think, well, it's no big deal. I don't want to bother anybody. But really, yes, get the help because that will save your life probably or save you from a lot of hurts or whatever, right? There's so many good reasons to go see somebody <laughs> and get help. Definitely. And now, you know, they make it easier with the, like the virtual things out there. So yeah, you know, just get the help. Yeah, that is so true. Like, and Dr. Phil has this like virtual doctor thing that he has and which is so helpful. And even if you don't kind of, it, you can feel anonymous. Like if you don't want your family knowing that you're seeing somebody or which, I mean, you shouldn't be afraid to tell your family, but if you are, it's kind of nice that you can do virtual and kind of, yeah, there's so many different opportunities now for these things. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Clisver. This was really great. And I learned so much from you. And I just think that you are a powerhouse. I think that you are doing amazing, amazing things. And we need more Clisvers in the world. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And thank you so much for having me. Definitely. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Stephanie's Corner. Stephanie's Corner. Stephanie's Corner. Thank you so much, Klisver, for coming on the show and talking with me about bipolar disorder. I apologize for the audio quality. We were having internet connection issues. And my editor, German, did such an amazing job and he was able to put it together. So I, I hope that you were able to understand what Klisver was saying, even with that internet connection. I'm so sorry about that. Klisver Alvarez, check her out, out her blog, uh, her writings. I think it's beautiful that she, that she's able to have this voice, that she's able to help others through what she went through. And we need more people in the world like Klisver. There are so many people out there bringing their own stories, helping other people through what they've experienced as well. And I love seeing that in the world. It, make, it gives you hope for the rest of humanity sometimes when you, when you just see the negative things in the world and then you get to speak to people and hear their stories and you see the beautiful parts of it. And I really appreciate that. That's one of the parts of the podcast I just love doing. It gives me hope. And it just, it's, it's a learning experience. Like I said, I dated a guy who was bipolar uh, now there was other other issues as well and he was not doing well so it was a huge mess <laughs> he would ghost me a lot and it was pretty harsh so it's it's important for me to see and for all of us to see that there are people who do have bipolar disorder or any other mental health disorders or issues and they are thriving they are able to manage and live with those with those things and 
become the person they're meant to be. And so I think it's very helpful to have these conversations and to, to hear the stories from, from people. So I really appreciate that, Clisber, and I just appreciate the work you're doing. I think this is just such a beautiful thing. If you want to follow me on social media, you can find me at stephup underscore podcast on Instagram, Steph underscore Ann underscore web on Twitter. And you can email me at stephuppodcast at gmail.com. And my new website for my book that just came out called What Should Dragon Do? The website is up. It's www.stephanieannweb.com. And you can actually buy the book as of now. (laughs) I was waiting to really talk about it just because I had the website hadn't been set up yet. But but the people who are setting it up, they've got it set up now where you can actually go and buy the book online. So check that out. What Should Dragon Do? It's a story of roommates living together and how they handle these little situations and the different attitudes and behaviors that sometimes we allow these things to bother us and we get super angry and have have negative reactions and you know what's what's the best option what should we be doing and you know I was (laughs) I'm dragon you're dragon we're all dragon at some point and even last week I was I was at work and I was doing something and I was thinking oh you know and I started getting very upset and I'm thinking stop it I want to have a better attitude I want to be that person who chooses to be calm to be nice and we all get ourselves in those situations but it's about awareness first of all and then it's about changing that so yeah so go check out that book it's for generally for ages three to six but uh, I think it's fun for adults too. So <laughs> check out What Should Dragon Do? And the website is www.stephanieandweb.com. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are amazing. I hope you go out there and make it a great day. Bye.